Thank you for listening to the Valley Point Church podcast. We are currently in the series, Flaw Faith, a delightful series on how not to be. We hope it's a blessing. Good morning, Valley Point Church. How are you doing today? Did you have a good fourth? All right, fantastic. We're in a series called Blah Faith. My name is Gus. I'm one of the pastors here at Valley Point Church. And um, we started this series about three weeks ago. This is the fourth in the series. And it doesn't matter if you're visiting with us for the first time or not. Uh, We hope that this uh, speaks to your heart today as well. As a matter of fact, Pastor Eric kicked off this uh, series on Father's Day. Blah faith, blah faith. I think all of us go through seasons in our life where we experience or we feel like our faith is just blah. Blah faith. What does that mean? Blah means boring, no meaningful content, no significant impact in your life. You're just kind of coexisting in your faith. Blah faith. A delightful series of how not to be. Back on Father's Day, Eric spoke uh, on blah faith, and he said, if you want blah faith, don't share the stories of God's provision. Now today, it's my privilege to share with you some of my thoughts and some of my experiences with blah faith. When Eric shared that and challenged us, I was sitting right about there, right about where my niece Kelly is sitting from Florida, and um, I felt so motivated. I felt motivated to share how God has provided in my life and my wife Laurie's life that story. And the different experiences that I had all along the way. I knew my kids and my grandkids were coming over that afternoon to celebrate Father's Day. We were going to have a cookout. We were going to swim and have a good time. So I I had determined in my mind that that day I was going to share with them. I was going to gather them all together on my back porch. And I was going to share with them how God has provided for us. And so they started to come all different times. And if you know us, there's a lot of them. And so they're all coming at different times. And we, I start cooking and grilling. Keith did the grilling because it was Father's Day. So. And um, so we ate and we swam. We had a good time. And I kept looking for that quiet moment when the conversation paused. And I just wanted to share about God because I was challenged that day to share our story of how God had provided in our lives. One by one, they started to leave. (laughs) And before I knew it, the opportunity had passed. You see, I'm just like you. Sometimes we get motivated to do something. Sometimes we get inspired to do something. It doesn't always happen. But I am still determined to share with my family, with my kids and my grandkids, how God has provided. Week two, Eric shared how, you want blah faith? Don't pray. That was tough. 
Because I can tell you right now, my prayer life is not what God wants it to be. And I was challenged. I was challenged that day. You want blah faith? Don't pray. As a matter of fact, Eric challenged us, and he said this, memorize Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. You remember that? How many of you have it memorized? Don't raise your hand. I don't want to make anybody look bad. It took a little work, right? Now I thought about our first pastor, Pastor McQuaid. He came here in 1971. He was the first pastor of this church, and he pastored here for 23 years. He has passed away. He's on to be with his, with his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He loved the book of Colossians. It was his favorite book of the Bible. He memorized the entire book of Colossians. That's pretty amazing, right? I knew I could memorize 12 words. <laughs> I figured if he can memorize the whole book, I can memorize 12 words. So Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. Devote yourselves to prayer. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. It's a fantastic verse. And when I think about my prayer life, I know it needs to get better. Because I think of prayer, it's like any relationship in our lives. If you want a relationship with someone to grow, guess what you do? You talk to them. If you don't care about that relationship, don't bother talking to them. That's how I think about me and God. I need to talk to him more because I want that relationship to grow. It was a great challenge. And then, of course, last week, Dan McGinnis shared with us how if you want blah faith, don't live as though you're forgiven. Now, I personally have not blown up anything. And I personally have not ruined anybody's wedding. But I do, just like all of us, go through seasons where we live in guilt. And that guilt just smothers us. And it keeps us from feeling worthy for God. But I know in my life, when I take my sins and my wrongdoings to the Lord, and I confess it to him, and I go to individuals, and I make things right with them, that burden is lifted. That burden is lifted. Today, I want to share something else with you, that if you want blah faith, don't make your faith community a priority in your life. Now, I know, and I have a feeling, that I'm actually going to be sharing this conversation with the choir, because you're here today. <laughs> I probably should be sharing this conversation with those folks down in Ocean City, New Jersey, <laughs> or Ocean City, Maryland, or Rehoboth, or in the Poconos, or the guys at ten Tennis Court I passed this morning. Maybe I should share this story with them. Hopefully, they'll be watching on Facebook Live or listen to the podcast later. I think I'm speaking to the choir because you're here on a Sunday morning on a holiday week, on a holiday week. Here's our big idea for today. You want blah faith? Don't make your faith community a priority in your life. 
A faith community is the church. I'm not talking about going to church. That's only a small part of it. It is making the church with its vision, with its mission, with its strategies, and most important, with the people. A priority in your life. Because we actually meet in a school. Church is in a building. Church is the people. Church is the people. There are millions of people in America who attend a church every day, but are not committed to the church. A great number of Christians approach the church with a consumerism mentality. They think of it as a product. So they will attend a church as long as it is not too inconvenient. They will commit to a church as long as it's not too much of a commitment or if it's inconvenient. They want to date the church, but they keep swipe, swiping left, never committing. They want to live with the church, but don't want to marry the church. They want the benefits of the church. However, they don't want the responsibilities of committing to the church, like serving in the church, giving financially to the church, to the mission of the church, using their gifts for the benefit of the church. Now, I know there is a universal church, and if you're a believer, you're part of that universal church. But there is a local church. And here at Valley Point Church, we believe that there are different churches to reach different people. We never look at it as though one's right and one's wrong. That's not how we look at it. We'll never talk bad about another church. But I'm going to share with you all through Scripture how God intended for the local church and for the people of that church to make a commitment to that local church, to that faith community. Because that's what we are. We're a faith community. We're a faith community. Valley Point Church, we're in a unique season of our existence. In a few months, we're going to be moving into our own facility. And I believe God has us in just the right place to make a huge impact on our community. And I believe it's time for us, whether we are a part and committed to this church, to examine that commitment, to examine our hearts and see where we are. This is a great day for it, right after 4th of July. I believe there is a direct correlation, a direct parallel between our commitment to God and our commitment to our faith community. I'm going to look first of all in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23, 24, and 25. If you have your Bible, that would be great. Open up your Bible today. We'll have the words up on the screen. If you have your device, uh, you can look it up as well. I'm going to read here in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, and it says this. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. Waver means to fluctuate in your opinion. It means that you're undecided about your allegiance or your direction. And so it says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Listen, I get that many of us have been wounded 
by a church. I get that we've had bad experiences in churches. We've all had those, or at least some of us have had those experiences in church. But God can be trusted. God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. There's a phrase here. There's, it actually occurs twice in this passage of Scripture, and the phrase is this, one another, one another, one another. Motivate one another, encourage one another. The phrase one another is derived from the Greek word alelon. Alelon. As a matter of fact, I want you to say that with me because I want you to remember this word. Alelon. You ready? Alelon. Do we have it up there? Yeah, it's pronounced like this. Alelon. It's a Greek word. It's one word. In English, one another is two words. In the Greek, the way it was originally written... It's one word, alelon, one another. That word occurs a hundred times in the New Testament. Approximately 59 of those occurrences are specific commands teaching us how and how not to live in the church, how and how not to behave in the church, how and how not to relate to one another in the church. Obedience to those commands is imperative. It forms the basis for all true Christian community. Community. I want to read through a lot of these commands. I'm going to go real fast, but listen, you can jot down a couple that maybe speak to your heart, but I think it's pretty important that I read through these. Listen to this. Love one another. Serve one another. Accept one another. Strengthen one another. Help one another. Encourage. Alleluia. Care for Alelun. Forgive Alelun. Submit to Alelun. Submit to one another. Commit to one another. Build trust with one another. Be devoted to one another. Be patient with one another. Be interested in one another. Be accountable to Alelun. Confess to one another. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be conceited towards one another. Do not pass judgment on one another. Do not slander one another. Greet one another. Admonish one another. Spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Meet with one another. Agree with one another. Be concerned for one another. Be humble toward alelon in love. Do not be consumed by alelon. Be not, do not anger one another. Do not grumble toward one another. Give preference to one another. Be at peace with one another. Sing to one another. Be of the same mind to one another. Comfort one another. Be kind to one another. Live in peace with one another. Carry alelun's burdens. Carry one another's burdens. This is real relationships. And in order to experience this type of real relationship as a body of believers, as a faith community, as the church, it takes a certain level of commitment. Commitment, not to a building. Commitment 
to Alleluia. Commitment to one another. Commitment to people. Alleluia. Are we an Alleluia church? Are you an Alleluia believer? I'm going to give you two reasons why I believe it's so important to be part of a faith community. Be part of the church and make that commitment. Number one is that the church is an institution ordained by God. There are three primary institutions that are ordained by God, the government, the family, and the church. All three. Each has its own responsibilities, obligations, and function accordingly. Ordination in the Bible means that it was appointed. Thus, when we speak of these three as being God-ordained, what we are saying is that God appointed these three institutions in our lives for a specific purpose and for a specific reason god has ordained three these three institutions in romans chapter 13 verses 1 and 2 it it talks a little bit about this it says this everyone must submit to governing authorities for all authority comes from god and those of in positions of authority have been placed there by god So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And they will be punished. Government, this was written, just as a reminder, this was written when the Jews were governed by the Romans. It was not a democracy. (laughs) God instituted that government. Government establishes and maintains order. The family is the basic unit of society. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. This is the first command with promise. The family is the basic unit of society. The church provides for the spiritual welfare of mankind. We are more than flesh and blood as humans. We are spiritual beings. And the church was ordained by God and established by God as an institution in order to help us to grow spiritually. Help us to avoid blah faith. Help us to love one another. Confess to one another. Build up one another. Alleluia. In Acts 20, 28, it says this. Paul's writing, and he says, Guard yourselves and God's people. Feed and shepherd God's flock, his church, purchased with his own blood. The church was built by Jesus and purchased by his own blood. Therefore, it belongs to him. It was ordained of God. How much each and every one of us make it a priority in our lives will, in fact, determine how our spiritual walk will go. And then number two, the number two reason is that the church is the body of Christ. And we read this in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1. There's many passages of scripture that talk about this throughout the New Testament. I chose this one. It says this, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. 
This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of teaching. In other words, we won't waver or have blah faith. And then it goes on and it says this. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Each and every one of us have a part to do in the church. As a matter of fact, if one or two or three or a handful of us decide not to commit and be a part of a faith community, that faith community suffers. It doesn't reach its full potential of living an alone spiritual life. Am I doing my part? Are you doing your part? I have one takeaway today. One takeaway. And I know this takeaway is going to apply differently to different people. It's going to apply differently based on where you are in your spiritual walk. Maybe today you're sitting here today and you've never even made a commitment to God. I would encourage you. I would encourage you to make that commitment through his son, Jesus Christ. What does commit mean? It means this. The act of binding yourself to a course of action, it has the meaning of allegiance, dedication, and loyalty. Here's our takeaway for today. Commit to a faith community and make it a priority in your life. Maybe you're sitting here today and you haven't done that yet. And this talk is not an advertisement for Valley Point Church. I share this with people all the time. God wants you to make a commitment to a faith community. Find one where you and your family can plant your feet and and serve and grow in the Lord. Make a difference. Be that part for that church. God uses different churches to reach different people. But if you haven't found one and you feel as though God is tugging at your heart, It's time for you to plant your feet, possibly here at Valley Point Church. I want you to do this. When we think of the word commitment, we think of the word of dedication and loyalty. Think of one major accomplishment, at least one major accomplishment in your life that you are proud of. Can you think of one major accomplishment in your life that you're proud of? Think of that. Now think of the initial commitment that you made. On a scale of 1 to 10, how committed were you? 
five, three, ten? Were you very committed or simply desiring something? There is a vast difference between simply desiring something and making a commitment. When you simply desire something, you don't do it when challenges come up. I know my daughter, I was talking to her this past weekend, and she has made a commitment to run some half marathons. So as part of her training, she made a commitment to run 100 miles during the, course, during the month of June and then 120 miles during the month of July and then 150 miles during the month of August. And, you know, she made that commitment and she was telling me that sometimes towards the end of the month, she's kind of behind in her mileage. And if it's raining or if she don't feel good or if the kids are acting up, uh, you know, if she just simply desired that, it wouldn't happen. But she made a commitment to do it. She made a commitment to do it, and then she does it. When you're committed, you accept no excuses, only results. Make a commitment to what you do, whether in your personal life, your professional life, or your spiritual life. Making that commitment is one of the most fundamental principles of success in life. Commitment's a big deal. Commitment's a big deal. Why is it that we make commitments for other things, but we don't make a commitment to God's institution, to the body of Christ, a faith community? And I know sitting here looking out into the audience, I know there's a lot of millennials, Gen X generation, and, and, and they have a hard time making commitments. And that's okay. But I think there's a direct parallel between making a commitment to God and making a commitment to his church. How do we make that commitment? How do we make that commitment? Commit to a faith community and make it a priority in your life. It's time for some of us, it's time for some of us to stop dating the church. It's time for some of us to put a ring on its finger, and marry it. It's time for some of us to make a commitment to a faith community. To a faith community. And how do you do that? You can start by becoming a member. You can start by joining the church. That's a commitment. You can start by saying, you know what, I want to partner with this church and with these people and help them, help them point people to real relationships and real significance. Join the church. Join the church. How do you join the church here at Valley Point? It's pretty simple. Become a believer, which many of you have. Put your faith and trust in Christ alone to save you, and you've made that commitment to Him. Be a believer. Be baptized. Baptism is just a picture of of your faith in Christ. It pictures the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. That's all it is, is to get baptized. And then we have a covenant, a promise, that we would like you to sign to become a member of Valley Point Church. You see, baptism helps us to identify with Christ 
becoming a member, a partner with us helps to identify with the church. Our covenant, which I did bring some copies and I have at the table back there just for you. If you want to see one of them, you can grab one. It's a one-page document. I will read the four major promises uh, that we ask people to make, and here they are. I will protect my church by acting in love towards others, by refusing gossip, by supporting the leaders. I will protect the unity of my faith community. The second one is I will share the responsibilities of my church by praying for its growth, by inviting others, by giving regularly, by promoting real relationships and real life change. And the third one is this. I will serve the ministry of my church by using my gifts and talents, by serving in my church, by developing a servant's heart. And then the fourth one is this. I will support the testimony of my church by attending regularly, regularly, and by living a godly life. Where's your commitment level? Where's your commitment level? If you haven't joined a church, if you haven't partnered with a faith community, I think it's time that you make that commitment. Making that commitment will help you get through the challenges, will get you through the, tar- the, the hard times. Make a commitment. Join the church. Join a faith community and make it a priority in your life. And those of you who are sitting here today and have partnered with us and have decided to help us, help us point people to real relationships and real significance, how's your commitment level? How's it been? Maybe this summer you took time off from serving. And that's great. There's there's times when we need to do that. But in a few months, we're going to be moving into a new facility. And this is a strategic time for the life of our church. And it's time for us to do our part. Call your ministry leaders. Tell them to sign me back up for September. I want to do my part. I want to be an usher. I want to serve on the worship team. I want to work with the children and with the babies. I want to greet. I want to help make coffee. Whatever it is, I want to work with the students. Whatever it is that God is calling you to do, get involved. And if you're not sure, do something. Do something. Each and every one of us needs to do our part. Needs to do our part. I believe that when you make a commitment to a faith community, it's hard. It's challenging but it makes all the difference in the world. I believe that God will bless you. God will bless your family and he will help you eliminate blah faith from your life. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this opportunity to gather together. And Lord, we just pray that your word would speak to our hearts. We pray, Lord, that as we think and ponder our love and commitment to you, that you would help us to ponder and think about our commitment to your church. Whether it's this church at Valley Point or another faith community, Lord, we know that you have created this for our well-being. 
You have created this so that we can find real relationships. An alleloon type of community. Real relationships and find real significance in our lives. Father, I pray that as we ponder these things, that we would make a commitment. We would make a commitment to a group of people, to a faith community, because that is what you are calling us to do. And Lord, we'll pray these things in your Son, Jesus Christ, who is the head of the church. We pray these things in his name, Amen. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com. Be blessed.